All right, what's good, everyone? This is Dr. Nee, host of Docs Outside the Box. I am joined by Dr. Renee. R E N E E D A R K O. Like a spaghetti O type commercial or something like that. What is this? No. You don't know where that's from? Yeah, M I C K E Y M O U M O U S E. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd we come from? Oh, yeah, because we were just in Disney. That's right. But everyone, this is another episode of Docs Outside the Box. We are so excited that you guys have joined us. Shout out to everyone who's watching us on YouTube. Shout out to everyone who's listening to us with your favorite podcast player. If you're driving into work, if you're working out, if you are, I don't know. Cleaning up. If you're operating while you're listening to this. If you're writing damn clinic notes and you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night, and you still writing clinic loans? Like, God damn it, man. I got to remember everything from that person I saw at 9 in the morning, man. What did I do? Did I get a potassium on them? Did I ask orthopedic surgery to get that potassium? God damn. Leave those <laughs> orthopods alone. <laughs> but everyone, we're excited to be here. So listen, um, you can't tell because you're just listening to episodes and you're seeing how they come out. But yo, there's a very... It's a very non-linear way in which we record episodes. <laughs> <laughs> to say the there, least. There are times when we batch episodes. There are times when we record and then 48 hours later the episode comes out. All we are saying is right now it's been at least a good two to three weeks since we've actually recorded together. Yeah. In the studio. And I'm excited to be here. We got the lights on. We got the camera going. We got all the stuff. I just, I love being down here. It's a great experience. I love recording with you. We got that energy. So yeah, yeah. I'm mad hyped. I'm hyped too. I gotta sneeze. Can I sneeze? On yeah, go ahead and sneeze. You can go ahead and sneeze. Now it's not gonna come because I said I had to sneeze. But all well, right, how, keep going. But if I keep going, it'll, it'll come up. It'll come. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. So listen, folks. Remember, Docs Outside the Box. This is a fusion of money, medicine, and pop culture. Now. <laughs> This episode is going to be about spending. This is one of the money traps that doctors can overcome to stop being burnt out. Yep, money so trap number, number five, right? Number five. So we're going to be talking about spending. We're going to be talking about lifestyle creep in a fun way. But it's I think it's apropos that we're talking about this episode apropos. once we... Yeah. You like my, my vocab? I love that. Well, yeah. So it's apropos <laughs> that we're talking about this as we got back from our one week vacation oh, yeah. in Florida. Oh, yeah. And then we spent 48 hours at Disney. And goddamn, the wallet. Yo. <laughs> Disney and their marketing is no joke. Yo. Everything is like $15 or $30 <laughs> or multiples of $15. It is crazy. And yeah. our son got us, yo. He took us for a paper, man. Yeah. All yeah. these toys that we got that he's going to end up breaking. Yep. Balloons. A balloon costs $15. And then you can't even bring it on the plane. You can't even bring it on the plane. So they can only <laughs> enjoy it for like 48 hours. And then that's it. Unless you're driving down. Right. Which is a different story, but right. we weren't. Right. You're driving up, but we flew. So we flew down to Florida. We saw your family yeah. and, you know, the Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Actually, Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale, West Palm. West Palm Beach mm-hmm. area. And then from there, we drove up to Orlando. Yep. And we were there in Disney and just all the, you know, everything that's Disney. And, yeah. You know, you were the enjoying most it. Wonderful and I'm thinking about money. Earth. I'm like, I'll spend money on this. Oh, money. please. You I'm had a good time. Stop that. playing. I'll spend money on this. Stop playing. We got to Magic Kingdom. First of all, we went to Animal Kingdom first. And you were kind of like, mm, this is cool. 
this is cool. You're like, oh, can we go? And I'm like, wait, you know, let's kind of enjoy. We had the park hopper. We had the park hopper tickets. Expensive. Anyway. And we went over to Magic Kingdom. Expensive. And this guy, this guy's face lit up yeah, when been, he saw the castle. So it's been realistically probably close to like 38 years, 39 years since the last time I was in Disney. See? My parents took me when I was... I want to say five or less, and mm. I can't remember. There's some pictures, but that was the last time I've ever been to Disney. Every other time that you know Disney has come up, it's been in a commercial, Super Bowl at the end, or you know when you wish upon a star. Where are you going? I'm going to Disneyland. I just want to move on. Right? That's the only time that I've I've you know since then. So it was it was great to go to Magic Kingdom, but I'm not gonna front. It was expensive as hell. It was expensive from the flights to we did Airbnbs, yeah, um, to keep the price down. Yeah. Um, food was expensive mm-hmm. there, um, but it was it was expensive. It yeah. was really expensive. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that we did is, you know, this is our first vacation really in about, a, what, 10 years? Uh, no, is it about 10 years? Well, that's true. Our first vacation in 10 years where we didn't have anything specific to do with like a conference or right. medical, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So outside of our honeymoon... Actually, this is the first trip that we've taken where we we just took a vacation just to take vacation. Yeah, we we have not done that, and I'm not gonna front like we are not good at that. Like we, yeah, we balance need to do is more something that. that we need to get better at. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most important thing with this vacation is we paid for cash, right? right? Um, and we went into our savings, and we just decided that it's not gonna be put on any credit cards unless specifically it's like for a rental car, right? And then we know we're gonna pay right. it back like a week later, which is what we're gonna do, right? We did a rental car because the rental card, the American Express card we have, has you know insurance on it, so mm-hmm. that they don't get you for your paper when you get to the checkout, you know, line, right? For your car rental, yep. So they have all of those different things, and um, you know that that's a very powerful thing to be able to pay for things. The question, though, is is what happens when you are going on Disney multiple times a year mm-hmm. or when you're going on Disney multiple times a year or multiple times every year. Actually, no, let me fix it. When you're going to Disney, <laughs> I'm like, what are every, we talking about? Here, when you're going to Disney every year, but then you right. still got like student loans. You there still you got go. that makes like, sense now. multiple expenses. And I think that a lot of people, when you become a physician, they just think that you are like an ATM machine, that you have yeah. money coming in, which is true. In in comparison to, I think most people, most people, yeah, doctor's salary does really like it's really good, yeah, right. Like I remember mm-hmm. when I was finishing school, when I was finishing residency, in my head, and I talked about this on another episode. I wanted to get an Audi. This car that I wanted was a red, a cherry red Audi S5. That's what I wanted, yeah, which was roughly about fifty six, fifty seven thousand dollars. I didn't know really the difference between leasing and buying, so I wanted to buy it. Right. Right. Which realistically, I probably would have ended up getting like a three or maybe five year financing, mm-hmm. right? Because I wasn't going to pay for a cash because I didn't have the money to get a cash. Right. Right. I wanted a really nice home, right? An expensive home, right? Okay. And based off of expen- expensive, like, you know, that for me would determine if it's nice or not. Okay. Not if it was aesthetically pleasing. Like a $200,000 aesthetically pleasing home for me would not be good enough. It'd have to be expensive to make it good enough. So like a $500,000. Higher? Come on, man. My mind was warped. Look, all of this stuff is based off of delayed gratification, right? You're like, yo, when I become a doctor, I want to be more than comfortable, right? I want to be more than comfortable. I put in all this time. I'm sacrificing my 20s and a portion of my 30s, right? (laughs) 
Like there's going to be like dollar dollar bill. There's going to be all there's going to be a bag waiting for me at the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the question is, who dipping into that bag? Yeah. But you're not thinking about that. Right. You're not thinking about that at the time. You're thinking about vacations. Right. How many vacations am I going to go? I'm going to go to Italy. I'm going to go to Switzerland. I'm going to go to all these different places. South mm-hmm. Africa. We're going to do all these different things. Putting people on. Right. Like right. I'm going to put my mom on. I'm going to put my dad on. I'm going to put my cousin on. I'm going to put my wife on possibly. You know what possibly. I'm saying? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I better be on. My sister. <laughs> my cousin. TT. <laughs> you know? Shasha. <laughs> All the people down at 7-Eleven. Everybody's going to get put on. <laughs> and then last but not least, I wanted a trophy wife. You wanted... Well, you definitely did not get that. Nails, her, bags. <laughs> right? You did not get a trophy wife, let me tell you. <laughs> well, basically what I'm saying is, is that, you know... You bring in a significant amount of money as a physician, like serious money. Yeah. But what I just mentioned to you is something that's really realistic. A lot of people, when they graduate, they think about all the things that they've been deferring for a long period of time. And as soon as they get their first check as an attending, their first multiple six-figure salary uh, attending um, uh, paycheck, now we're talking about, you know, all of these things kick in. And if you're making, let's say, 300000 or 350000 or... 200,000, like, you got to give a third of that to Uncle Sam. <laughs> to Uncle Sam. And then you got to live off of some of that. Like, how much money are you really keeping? How right, much who's money dipping are you into really your building? bag? Well, but a lot of people are like, but, like, I, I, you know, like, I can live off of this. I can make this work. And I don't know. So what I just mentioned is lifestyle creep, basically. Right. Just to lead, like, right. to, you know, I feel like I'm kind of going down this meandering road. But basically what I am getting at is, is the biggest issue is, is spending as well as lifestyle creep. You feel mm-hmm. like because you've made a certain amount of money and you start getting certain raises, definitely a big raise from being in a, a resident to right. becoming an attending. You, because you make more, you should get more, right. basically. Like you was eating ramen noodles. Right. And then exactly. all of a sudden you're like, well, I need to be shopping at Whole Foods. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so just because you make more doesn't necessarily mean that you need to spend more, that you need to get more, that you need to, you know, live a certain way. So, you know, what they call keeping up with the Joneses, right? Which a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, I think, aspire to, kind of like you did. And a lot of people eventually end up doing. But what ends up happening is that once once you start living like the Joneses, right? Here's the thing about the Joneses. On the outside, it looks great. But on the inside, you suffering, right? You start to go down this road of, hold on a second, I got all this stuff and now I can't actually afford it, right? And so you end up going on credit cards, you know, taking lines of credit from other things, you know, maybe from your house, maybe from your $500,000 million house, whatever it is, right? Yeah. So you start taking lines of credit, um, you know, you might you might have kids and you decide you want to give your kids everything. You're going to buy your kids the latest. My kids you know, got to go to private school. Right. They got to go to private. Got to yep. go to this college. Exactly. Exactly. Knowing damn well that they can right. go to med school. Or I got to buy my kids a brand school. new car. I got to buy my kids a phone when they're five. I got to, you know, so you start doing all of these things to basically solidify a, a status. Right. Yeah. So you you make a good point. And I think the best way I could describe it is, is when you don't have money, you want money so bad that you actually don't realize. Like if you are making twenty dollars an hour mm-hmm. or if you're making fifteen dollars an hour and all of a sudden you 
are getting a $100,000 check or you're getting paid equivalent to $100,000 or $200,000 or $300,000. Yes, that is a lot of money. That is a huge amount of money Change, that, is, yeah. that you can work with. But then all of a sudden it's like, well, how likely are you to keep those same behaviors mm-hmm. that you had when you were making $10 an hour, $15 an hour right. to now you're making multiples of that? Like yeah. what's the likelihood of that? And I think that was the big wake up call for me, which was, yeah, you can afford all of those things. But literally every two weeks, the amount of money that you're bringing in from operating and staying up late and all these different mm-hmm. things are going to pay for that lifestyle. Right. And the things that I really that I may have really wanted, but I didn't know how to verbalize or I didn't know how to realize, you know, savings and investing and um, you know, the ability to say no, those are the mm-hmm. things that were really important to me. I had no idea how to even I, I didn't even know how to even save up. I didn't even know any of that stuff. I didn't right. know how to spend. And that's right. that's crazy. So we're, we, before we, we move on to the next point about this is just real quick, just to give some perspective. So Medscape released a survey. I mentioned this in a show before. And they surveyed 13,000 physicians in 29 specialties. And this is to detail how physician compensation changed in 2021. Obviously, COVID, the pandemic, right. played a big <sighs> role in salaries and uh, income stagnated in 2020, obviously due to COVID-19, but it's starting to make a comeback. But let's let's be realistic. So physicians overall earned on average about $339,000, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in primary care, that is $260,000. And then if you're a specialist, you are in the $368,000 range, mm-hmm. okay? Now, by specialty, the highest compensation by specialty is obviously the the heavy hitters. Plastic surgery, mm-hmm. 576,000, orthopedic surgery, 557,000, cardiology, otolaryngology, urology, gastroenterology, all of these things, specialties up until we get to general surgery, you guys are all in the 400,000s. Mm-hmm. And then everything below that, we're talking about ER, critical care, OB-GYN, pathology, PM&R, mm-hmm. you're in the mid 300s. Once we get into Allergy and immunology, rheumatology, psychiatry, internal medicine, you're averaging below 300,000, right? Right. right. Now, the interesting thing is is, um, self-employed physicians and moonlighters. Okay. Right. So um, self-employed physicians on average Mm $385,000 they're averaging and employed doctors are 320,000. So if you mm. continue to like make the averages based on if you're employed or based off of your specialties, you can make the numbers kind of work whichever way you want to work. The key thing is is that what I want people to understand is and I, one thing let me before we even get to that point. Um who earns more, men or women? Y'all know the answer <laughs> to this. Man. Right? Um <laughs> men uh, on among specialists who earn more, men $402,000 they're averaging women. Even though women get better outcomes, but whatever. Yeah, $307,000, right? So, you know, I think it's very interesting to see from these things though. Even if you go as high as plastic surgery, like there's nothing here that says plastic surgeons are making a million dollars a year. Right. 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 Well, these are averages though. These are averages, right? Okay, right. And we all are average. Can we stop acting like <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm the best goddamn OBGYN there ever was. All right. Well, it, so you're making more. Okay. Well, I don't want to say that number, but it, okay. Anyway, <laughs> listen. All I'm saying is this. We got to base the, the data off of the averages, right? Ain't nobody making over a million dollars 
on average. On average, as right. As a plastic surgeon, right. an orthopedic surgeon, or even as a neurosurgeon. Mm-hmm. So the question is, is where's all this money? Like, like all this money that everybody's like hoping to get for this bag, it's there, but it's not as big as we all think it's, it is. So we have to be, you have to be more of a steward with your money. Right, right. I mean, so look, I think part of it is that a lot of us, a lot of us go into medicine and we're actually not spending a lot of money before we go into medicine, right? So we don't, we don't even know how to spend money, right? So you go from high school to undergrad. I mean, really, like, what money are you really spending, right? You went from getting an allowance, maybe having, like, a little job or something, maybe a little something in the summer, right? You're not buying major things, you're not buying a car. You're not buying a house. You're not doing any of those things. So you don't even know how to spend money. So you don't even understand what your behavior is going to be at the end of the journey, right? The first time you really start making any real money, which is not real, real money, but it's it's more than what you got before and it's it's pretty consistent, is in residency, yeah. right? For and a so, lot of people, that's their first job. Right. For a lot of people, their first job is doctor. They've never had any other job before. What was your first job? I was a doctor. Okay, great. Right? So that's the first time that you're getting a paycheck for many, you know, for many people out there. That's the first time they're getting a paycheck very consistently. And it's a paycheck that they're like, oh man, like I've never seen this number before, which is why a lot of residents go out and do what? They buy a house during residency. Not realizing, right, like you. I did that. Okay, like you. And as a matter of fact, I saw that old TikTok that you did. Yes. And you made it um, uh, an Instagram post. Yeah. And there were two people who were doctors who asked the question, wait a minute, why did you say don't buy a house your first year of residency? Right? They didn't understand, like, why? Why Why not buy a house? Because you don't know the neighborhood. Be, not, not just you don't know neighborhood. Dude, you don't know what, you don't know what money is. You don't know what money is yet. Like, you have no clue how money works, right? And so you start spending it because that's, that's for, for many people, how they think money works. Money works by you make it, then you spend it. They think that's how money works. And that money is basically infinite, that it will just keep coming because I got this job, I got job security, so I'm going to just keep spending until, until, one, you ain't got no job security no more. (laughs) You get laid off, you get fired, something happens. Number two, a pandemic hits, they tell you, well, we don't really need you because you're not an essential worker. Number three, you get disabled, right? Like, oh, all that money you done spent, on a whole bunch of stuff, you should have been spending it on disability insurance, right? Number four, you die. Now, you may not understand the repercussions of that, but trust me, your family will. You should have been spending your money on life insurance, right? Or worst, worst, number five, you spend that money and you got all this stuff and now you ain't got no more money. And, and people are still coming after you because you owe them money because you spent more than what you have. It's and pretty to shocking me, that you, you that's kept tra- the worst. You kept track of all that numbers in your head because I couldn't keep track of all the numbers. Yeah, I did one. I, I used my fingers. You used your one, fingers and two, you got up to three, five. Four, five. Yes. Sheesh. 
So you you really were ready to say all that stuff. Oh yeah. I think I, I think the, you know? the thing that I keep thinking about is is like you, know, you remember that Martin episode where it was Christmas? Wait, I think it was, it was Martin episode where Martin goes back to talk to his elementary school, the one with Miss Trinidad. Oh yeah, Miss Trinidad, and Beverly was, Beverly Johnson. And it was career day, and the kids are asking Martin as well as Cole and Tommy like mm-hmm. what they do for a living, and then it says how much you get paid. So I think about like with with doctors nowadays. Like if someone asked me to come back, like would I be dis- would it be disappointing if someone asked like what do you do and how much you get paid? And I'm like, well, actually, you know, the biggest flex is like me being able to say no. They're gonna be like, what the hell are you talking about? Man? How, what kind of car are you driving? What like they nah, won't understand. They won't get it. They won't get it because spending money is a status symbol. Mm. If you can afford this, or not even if you can afford it, if you look like you can afford it. Or if you can acquire it, right? If you can acquire this thing, however you're going to acquire it, whether it's through credit, whether it's through cash, whether it's you borrowed money from your, you know, from your mama, like wherever, as long as you can acquire it, then all of a sudden it's a status symbol. So Doximity has annual compensation. So this is a different one. Neurosurgery, 773000 Thoracic surgery. I can't believe thoracic surgeons are still getting paid this much. Anyway, $684,000. <laughs> for real. Orthopedic surgery, damn it, $633,000. Plastic <laughs> surgery, five hundred fifty-six. Vascular surgery, oral maxillofacial. Where's general surgery and all that? <laughs> Keep going lower. Right. <laughs> Keep going lower. But no, but for real, I mean, I understand what you're saying. And I think, you know, back then, the flexes for me back then would have been something status Related and now it's mm-hmm. the ability to say, yeah, nah, I don't want to do that. And no could be in so many different is an answer to so many different questions of can you take extra call or can you do this or can you do that? And you know, I I tend to you know take less now, mm-hmm. less of an income in order for me to have more of the lifestyle that I want. Which Medscape also did a, su- a survey on and okay. showed that a lot more doctors wish they could say no. Mm-hmm. And would be willing to take less in salary to do that. So, right. I, I, for me, I, I think that the ability to say no is the ultimate flex. Um, obviously, it's going to require you to have some money, some bread, right. some moolah, yeah, and so forth. Like, kind of just saving this stuff up so that if you have to change positions or you're going to be unemployed for some time, mm-hmm. because you know the other party is going to be like, well. That's not good for me also. Yeah. And then you have to walk away from the table, you know, with nothing. At least you have something uh, saved up. So. That's how I feel about it. And these subscri- I mean, think about it. Like, just even something as small as subscription services. Right. Right? Like YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. Then you throw in Hulu. Like, for me, that's the problem. I feel like you know, all the things that we were, you know, excited about five years ago about getting rid of cable. Like, mm-hmm. We're back to cable again now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I said that a long time ago. Yeah. The other thing that, you know, we got to think about also is when people are, you know, in a relationship. Right. And one person is spending and the other person is not. Right. And how that impacts the ability to do certain things, right? So, you know, you you have somebody who, you know, is a saver, but then you have somebody who is, you know, a crazy spender. It's like, well, how do you reconcile the two? You know, that's something that when we were... You know, we were doing Keeping Up With right. The Darkos that's a long that's time a ago. That's a different episode That's right yo, That's a whole different yeah. beast right there. Yeah. You know, like when you're financially incompatible with somebody, it's, I mean, that can really, really cause a major especially if problem. That, especially if that other person maybe may not be in a professional setting mm-hmm. and they've watched you sacrifice and they're like, all right, now it's time for the come up and they're like, slow down. Yep. 
we still got to pay off debt. Yeah, we still got to build a savings. Yeah, like man, hey, well, what? That was, you know, you know that reminds me of uh, uh, girlfriends. No. Remember you remember that I show I Girlfriends? I remember Girlfriends, but I didn't watch Girlfriends. Yeah, so Girlfriends, um, that's what happens to Tony. She marries a doctor. When she marries a doctor, she's like, ah, she's ready to do all this kind of stuff. And he's like, I got student loans. And she's like, wait, what? You got student what? Yeah. <laughs> Someone's coming knocking. Right. Someone is coming so, knocking. So, yeah, somebody's coming to knock at your door. So, you know, it's important to, you know, obviously figure out, you know, where you're going to work, um, how much you're going to get paid, but you also have to be thinking about, you know, what you're going to be um, spending that money on. You right. know what I mean? Well, I, I think part of it, too, is a lot of folks go into things blindly, particularly looking for a job. Mm-hmm. They go into looking for a job blindly and it's just, well, what are your attending? Excuse me. What are your co-residents doing? What are your fellows doing? And you kind of just go to job boards right? and you look for jobs and you're just like, uh Okay, this is what they're offering. Or you get that email. Right. You get an email from with a that headhunter. Big figure. And it's a big figure, but it's in relation to what? You right. don't know. Right. You don't know if maybe being in the Northeast, you're gonna get paid one rate versus being in the mm-hmm. Southeast versus being in another part of the United States. So right. you know, I think that that's a big hurdle that I think a lot of residents, fellows, even attendings have to be able to understand is that mm-hmm. listen, like you're not gonna you're not I don't know where you're gonna get this database and get all this information from, but it's not gonna just pop up in your head. Right. And some people can't even afford MGMA information. That's expensive, right? right? That's a yeah. hell of a big database that you gotta pay for. Yeah. So you know, I think that we've teamed up with St. John's, mm-hmm. right? St. John uh, is, uh, St. John Associates, I think that they are, you know, offering particularly orthopedic surgeons, mm-hmm. you know, an opportunity um, to kind of understand the landscape of being recruited, the right. landscape of looking for a job. They've done this for over 30 years. Um, you know, we're teaming up with them uh, mainly because we're all about empowerment. Right. And any type right. of company that's going to give more power to the doctors, we're here for it. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, they they definitely have had, you know, a pretty longstanding history of working with doctors. Um, but again, right, we've kind of talked about this in different episodes, you know, and we're talking about it again because all of this is related is that do not get shopped around. To oh, you talking about your CV? Yeah, don't yeah. get shopped around to different jobs, yeah. right? If you know, if if you have not given your consent, right? And that's what I like about St. John Associates is that they're not shopping you around. Which, again, we talked about how that potentially that behavior could actually impact how much you even get paid. So let, let's clarify that to other people. So shopping around means that, mm-hmm. um, you know, some recruiters may take your CV and without your permission give your CV yep. to a hospital and then another hospital and to another hospital without your permission. Right. And you may be thinking, well, that's their job. They're supposed to be doing that. Yeah. Well, they got to get your permission first to do that. Yeah. Okay. And if they don't get your permission and they shop it around, then what happens is, is let's say you are looking mm-hmm. for a hospital. The hospital will be, well, we've already gotten your CV. Yep. And the only way we can have any type of relationship is for you to go through such and such recruitment company. Exactly. Exactly, which cuts into how much you potentially could get paid. Right. So, you know... And then you can't get Hulu. (laughs) You can't get Hulu. Then you can't get YouTube TV. (laughs) And then you got (laughs) Disney Plus. Right. And they get... Also, St. John Associates gets paid on contingency. So speaking about spending, right? Speaking about spending, if you are going to spend money, 
looking for a job, at least get a job, right? Yeah. So that's what I like about them because you you don't pay them unless you actually have a match for a job. And that that to me is really important because you could be throwing your money away, you know, with potentially, you know, other agencies who don't necessarily work on contingency. And next you know, you didn't even get a match. Well, I think also too, doctors, a lot of doctors get really hesitant about that also. They're just like, well, what do you mean I got to pay something up front? Like they mm-hmm. barely even want to get a lawyer to look at their stuff. So, right. so the, fact that, the fact that you can worry about that right. after you get a job, I think is something that you guys can feel really calm about. Exactly. I do think you guys should get a lawyer to look at your yeah, account. Exactly. You should pay that, you should right. pay that you should, amount. You so. should pay that amount. Absolutely. So why don't you just quickly tell them where, where they can get connected. Yeah, with, so with um, pretty much St. John, you know, they, they're big into ortho, but they do a lot. They do actually all the specialties. So they're they're not tied specialties just Specialties that replace potassium? Specialties that replace potassium as well. <laughs> um, and put people on their own services. Um, so they do all the specialties. If you got an isolated tip fit fracture, ortho, you can admit that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so go to stjohnjobs.com slash docs, okay? And check them out there. So that um, you guys can, you know, get familiar with St. John Associates. Um, I think you'll I think you'll have a really good experience with them. But I did want to talk really quickly about spending and spending on the right things versus spending on the wrong things. And so you mentioned, you know, not wanting to spend on an attorney, for example. Right. So, you know, people will spend money on. <laughs> I, know, stuff. I know where you're going with this. this yeah. Point. yeah. People will go and spend money on things that are going to give them zero return or that's just going to indebt them even more. Let me get an Audi S5. Right. Yeah. Let me get an Audi S5 when I could have gotten a Pinto and still gotten to work. With the you rooms. know, <laughs> still gotten to I was work. I get it with the black and the, red. The same way. And yeah. I'm sure you were neat, but Ooh, you didn't get the, the Audi exhaust, S5. With the exhaust on it. Yeah. And yeah. I still was tripping on getting a lawyer. I was like, man, I ain't paying no $600 for no lawyer. Yeah, exactly. What? Exactly. <laughs> but see, but that's the thing, right? People, it's stupid, It's yeah. okay. Look, yeah. listen, I don't want people to 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 leave here thinking, oh, these damn darkos, they so, you know, they're, they're so cheap. They don't want to spend money on stuff. I'm all for spending money, but spend money on things that make sense. Spend money on things that are going to give you some sort of return, some sort of satisfaction beyond I'm just going to get it, right? Because... If you sign a contract and you didn't have an attorney look at it, there are so many red flags potentially that you could have missed that you think that big dollar sign that they put in front of you in that contract is like the end all be all. Let me tell you something. One, that big dollar sign could literally be like just, you know, the bait. Yeah, it could be 30% below what you probably should be getting. Exactly. Right? It could so be 30% that, low. That $600 yeah. or that $1,000 that you may spend to have someone review your contract probably yep. could get you multiples, like maybe 10, 20% more, which mm-hmm. can get you those vacations, can exactly. get you that Audi S5, can get you them Jordans, can get you all those things that you want. some Jordans. But rather than spend money on that, just get VTI. Oh, Lord. Don't start <laughs> it's doing... been like several episodes since I did that. Alfred, hook it up. Put that in there. What do you call it? Put that in the show notes, yo. Rather than get, rather than get Jordans and an Audi, right? You get can get VTI. VTI. If you get VTI, VTI owns Nike. Okay, well, very I think v- good. VTI also owns, I'm sure it owns VW. <laughs> okay, well, now you can get all the things you ever wanted oh, yeah. in an in a index fund. VTI, then. guys. Index yeah, funds. very good. No, but... No, it's ser- like seriously, people are spending <laughs> money on things that are not going to give them any return. Other thing about a contract, right? 
you thinking you, oh, I'm going to save money because they're going to give me um, a, a sign-on bonus. And what do you do? You go and you spend that bad boy. Spend that bad what boy. What else are you, you supposed to do with that? Exactly. You go and spend that, that sign-on bonus when? Before you even know whether or not you like this place. Yeah. Right? So it's all about the behavior, right? Like, oh, I want this. I want that. I want this. And so you see money and you spend money. Yeah, that's that's impulse purchasing or impulse right. behavior. Exactly. Impulsive and, behavior. Yeah. And you spend that money. And people might be listening and be like, well, what's wrong? You know, what's wrong with spending your sign-on bonus? The problem is that your sign-on bonus usually is just a loan. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so my, my sign-on bonus actually was um, written into the contract. And at the end, it said a promissory note. Right. So what that meant is, is my sign-on bonus, yes, it was a sign-on bonus, but it actually was a loan. Mm-hmm. And it was paid back through service. Mm-hmm. So every year that I completed a contract, so I had a three-year contract, every year that I completed that contract went towards fulfilling this loan that they gave me initially as a bonus. Yep. If I left early, then they would prorate how much I would owe right. based on it. So if I owed a year, excuse me, if I left after a year, then you know, two thirds of that sign on bonus would be payable possibly with interest Mm -hmm. and you can take it from there. So exactly. Just want to let y'all know how this works. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to be, you know, you got to be able to understand how money actually works. Like what, what implications does spending money actually have on your life? And I think, you know, like I'm talking very, you know, very passionately about it. But the reason I'm talking about yeah, it you very passionately, passionate about I am today. I am pretty passionate today, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of like scolding. But yeah. it's not you scolding your audience. Two on the ten. Like you, <laughs> you it's it not scolding the audience. It's actually scolding my own self, right? Or my old self. Is that, you know, I didn't realize how money actually worked. Like I was fortunate enough that I wasn't necessarily a spender. Mm-hmm. Like that that was, you know, that was the thing, you know, about me. I wasn't necessarily a spender. I didn't spend a lot of money on things that I, you know, that I didn't need. But I do think that I did spend more money than I needed to on things that I needed. You know what I mean? So for me, it was just kind of like... This is a shock, guys. Why is that a shock? shock. Because I've I've said this to you all the time that you always find the most expensive solution for a problem. And I'm like, we could find a cheaper solution for the problem. And you say no. <laughs> and then it's until this show comes out. Listen, I think we're going to have to start I've airing said- out. I think we're going to have to start airing out our issues on the show. Because <laughs> obviously when we air our issues on our show, like your mind, like the 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 more sensible side of your mind. Right. Also, it's the cheaper side of your mind starts to kick in because when we not on this podcast really every solution that you have is way more expensive yeah, than when you on this show you're wrong. and you be fronting and you know you're it's wrong, true you guys hear wrong. my voice go up right no it's the wrong. truth that is not true me that is not shall true. I give example we don't have time go, for examples yeah go ahead give an example we don't have time for examples go give an example we guys, talk about spending right guys listen <laughs> Let's wrap this up with some tips. You have Yo. already started with the tips, but the biggest thing is let me obviously, give you let me give you a Caribbean. All right. How long so, was that? That know. was pretty long. Alfred, give a sound effect for that. Yeah, give me put a countdown, Alfred, on that. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, let's get into some tips. Um, that can help folks who are getting, you know, you're new to money and, you know, you're not sure exactly what to do with this money. I think the number one thing where money goes by the wayside is housing. Yeah. Number one is housing, right? Whether you are a nah, resident. No, I think it's food. No, resi- I think it's money. Or excuse me, I think it's is housing. So it's really? my tip. You could do your tip later on. My tip food. is 
keep your costs, your housing costs, 25 or less than 25% of your income. Yeah, so what that true. means that's is, true. is that's whatever true. your rent is, please make sure that is at least less than 25% of whatever you're getting on a monthly basis. Man, mm-hmm. if you can keep it less than 25, what you're doing on two weeks, go ahead and do that. But for me, that was my main issue. I had so much, like my house cost so damn much in comparison to my check that I didn't even have time to buy like money to buy like a couch or anything like that. You can afford so, utilities. I can get utilities, but I couldn't like, I didn't even have a nice couch. <laughs> you didn't want to turn on the lights. Turn on the lights. Oh, for real. But you guys get the point. So that's my thing. I think the biggest cost yeah. is housing. Try to keep it less than 25%. Yeah, of that's your true. Net, that's of true. Your, I know it's true. Of your net Whatever. income of what your total amount is. I think overall, this is where the, the foo-foo side is, is. But for real, guys, let's think about what makes you happy, right? Like, do you really need a Porsche Taycan? Do you really you need... foo-foo. That's frou-frou. Fru- whatever foo-foo it is. is man. what yeah. you eat in Listen, Ghana. are you like, can I... Am I going to be able to say my point or are you just going to... Do your tips. Thank you. But it's not fufu. Fufu is what you eat. All right. Whatever. Porsche Taycan. Vacations. The million dollar house. Back to the point that we've heard a bunch of times, which is you can afford anything as a physician. Um, and even as maybe as a resident, you can afford anything, right? You just got to be smart about it. Mm-hmm. But can you afford everything? Everything. Yeah, that's Paula Pant. Right. You can't afford everything. You got to be smart with what you're doing. You can get the Porsche, but maybe you're going to have to hold off on that vacation until several years. Um, And you're definitely not going to be able to get that million dollar house unless, well, you ain't going to be able to get that million dollar house. I don't suggest that, right? And then if you get a raise, this is the most important thing. If you get a raise. Mm. So the biggest one is if you get a raise, obviously, from being your first year to your second year, second year to your third year, residents always get a raise depending on what PGY level you are. Mm -hmm. Hey, Use some of that extra money that you wasn't expecting to put towards debt. Mm-hmm. Use some of that money to put and increase your emergency savings. Yep. And then obviously the biggest one is when you jump from being a resident to becoming an attending, mm-hmm. you're going to go in multiples of what you made as a resident. Right. I'd say, listen, put a percentage or a portion of it into savings, pay off some debt, mm-hmm. pay off a bunch of your debt if you can. And um, invest in stocks if you can, right? VTI, hook it up, hook it up. Index funds. Index funds or real estate. And the reason I mention that is you want your money to start working just as hard as you're working. Right. right. Like there's no point in putting your money in a savings account and you've been like, remember those days when I'd like, you'd stay with me in the call room mm-hmm. and like you wouldn't see me from the beginning of the call until 24 hours later and I'm like sweating because I've been in an OR the entire time you go home you sleep you rinse wash and repeat and then you go and put whatever you work whatever you make yep you get like less than 1% you know (laughs) APY you know in a savings account like you don't want that right Right. so you want your money to work just as hard as you do well you just had uh, Ronnie Shalev on Dr. Ronnie Shalev and she said something shout out to Ronnie yeah yeah, she said she's uh, all all into syndications and real estate and stuff and she said so she was like (laughs) That the savings account is a silent killer. I was like, dang. Yeah, she's true. That's wow. True. I was like, yo, the savings account me. is the hypertension of money, that yo. That was me. That was me. That's crazy. Yo, you try to get like this huge savings account and it makes you feel great. Episode 305. But it's not making anything. <laughs> yo, this can you believe we're at 305 already? Yeah, 305. First of all, everybody who listened in the month of July. How many episodes did we put out? Oh in God, too many. We put out like thirteen episodes in July. We were just on one, yeah. Right, we just wanted to just record and yeah. put things out, and we're also experimenting to see how many episodes would people listen to. Yeah, 
But um, yeah. thank you everyone for listening to all those episodes. Yeah. So, is there anything you want to add to any of these tips? I think we kind of covered everything. Yeah, but what I was going to say. Are you going to um, scold everybody again? No, I'm not going to scold everybody right. again. Keep but it quick. Keep I'm, I'm going to tell you, like, the old me, right? Like, so when you talked about the PGY, you know, one, you know, two, blah, blah, blah. So I got my raise. Here's the problem. In my PGY one year, I saw this apartment. I really, really liked this apartment, right? You saw that apartment. It had like the two, the loft or whatever. And so I really liked this apartment, but it was more expensive than I actually need. Like I didn't need all of that. So when I became a PGY two, I actually went to another apartment that was cheaper within the same complex. And I was able to save a little bit more money that way. I did not like your apartments in residency. Well, whatever. You weren't living there. Well, I didn't think... It's not like I thought that the one with the loft was better. There's just something... I don't know. Why did you choose that area? There wasn't like... Why did you choose that area? It was off of Route 1. I know you didn't like It was nice. It was secluded. I didn't have... I was... I wasn't bothered. It was quiet. But the the apartment... Like, it was just dark. I don't know. I didn't like it. Well, whatever. You didn't have to live there. Plus, you had an air mattress for a couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did. I had an air mattress for a couch. Well, let me tell you that 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 was a conscious decision. Actually, that wasn't wasn't. a money. Yes, it was. Had time to get a couch. No, 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 no. That was a no. That was a conscious decision. Don't listen to everyone. That was a conscious decision because I actually went furniture shopping. Alfred. I anyway. Don't listen to make some type of sound effects. Whatever. Give us the prices right. Whatever. No, no. Wrong. She lying. Wrong. I went furniture shopping. And I determined, I was like, dude, I'm never going to live in Jersey. Look where the hell I am now. Living in Jersey. Enjoying it. Anyway, give me another one, Alfred. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, everyone, (laughs) this concludes this episode of Docs Outside the Box. We were talking about money trap number five, spending. Way too damn much. Style. Creep. (laughs) Sorry about the the lecture, the scolding from Dr. Renee, but she was... (laughs) She was on one. She was on one. Um, (laughs) But listen, guys, this episode is for y'all. We love this. If you um, really enjoy this episode, or even if you don't feel this episode, make sure you click on the show notes. There is a link for a um, survey that we have with Mm -hmm. InCrowd where we're trying to really understand who you are, you know, where you're from, where you're coming from, your background, and even what kind of episodes you like and don't like for the show. All of this makes our show better. Make sure you check out our sponsors on the sponsor page. And everybody, listen, we want to give a shout out to everyone on YouTube. Our YouTube subscription, subscribe account is steadily increasing. We appreciate it. We love everybody who's listening on the podcast. But listen, we're also trying to grow what we got on YouTube. And uh, we're super excited about that. So to everyone, we will catch you guys on the next episode of Docs Outside the Box. Hey guys, thanks again for listening as well as supporting Docs Outside the Box. Listen, this show is produced by Darko Media Group and the dope audio experience is edited by the one, the only, Christian Parry, also known as your podcast pal. Links to him in the show notes. Listen, this is Dr. Nee, the Doc Outside the Box. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.